My name is Matt Brown. Are you non-believers? Disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense. Like we're the third best defense in the league. And let's start the show. Them touchdown passes. Being Thomas after most of it being Thomas after, but instead the ball is moved. Everybody, the world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, December 2nd, 2021, and we have an epic show for all of you. And before we get to all that epic stuff, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdComoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Can you believe it's December 2nd, everybody? It's the holiday season. It's the end of 2021. We're inching closer to regular life as long as you get a booster shot, as long as you do your part in being healthy, especially as this winter takes place. As we go into this time known as the holiday season, there's so much to be thankful for. There's so much to take in. And I just want to let you know, as you're celebrating these important holidays, just remember what they're here for. And just remember to be good and kind to people, especially as this year comes to an end. So one of the great things about the year ending is meaningful December football. It's December 2021, and this has been quite an NFL season that has taken place this year. So we need to talk about it. We need to break it down, and we need to talk about this rare time where the NFL is wide open. Anybody can win. I mean, the NFC have a solid, what, four, five, six teams that can win it all. The AFC, you have six, seven, maybe even eight teams that can take the AFC championship. This is why we love sports, because it's unpredictable, because you expect the unex- you have to expect the unexpected. And now with so many teams so evenly matched, we have to sit back, relax, and take it all in. And I have three of the best to break down what's taking place in the first three quarters of the season, and now it's the fourth quarter, baby. We're going to see who is going to be an icon, who are going to be legends, and who is going to lead their team to glory. So the three people who I'm going to talk about these various players, coaches, and teams with, we have Alex Ranelli coming back. Kills it as always. So excited to have him. Teddy Morans is back after missing last month's show. So we're excited to see our great friend Teddy. And the great Ramblin' Russ Miller. He's coming on the show for the first time in a couple months. And we're happy to see him. So we have two different generations colliding to talk about football. I mean, what's better than that? So let's enjoy every single second of it. Alex... Teddy, Ramblin' Russ, it's your guys' turn once again. Let's break down some football. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. It's a good conversation and productive conversation. season we need people from all different aspects to break down this wide open competition known as the AFC and NFC so here we go final month of the season podcast and let's get to it who's joining us today for some NFL chat we have of course the great Alex Renelia what's going on Alex my man thanks for having me again as always and we have rambling Russ Miller joining us today to talk some NFL what's up Russ Ramblin's ready to rumble. Oh, man, this is going to be fun. I've been looking forward to this all day. And let's hop to it right now. So lots of teams to discuss, lots of headlines taking place. So where do we go? So why don't we start with, uh, you know, the team we talk about the most. The New York football giants right now at four and seven. They 
they relieved the duties of Jason Garrett last week, put Freddie Kitchens in, and the defense has a stellar game, and they do beat the Philadelphia Eagles are now four and seven. Daniel Jones has a stiff neck. Looks like he's not playing, and Mike Glennon's coming in. And, yeah, um, as we hit this off new offensive era where Saquon Barkley's still um, – underachieving. We have Kenny Galladay not getting the ball after signing him. And then Kadarius Tony gives us some moments of excitement. And then he seems just like another failed Gettleman selection. So I'll hand this off to Russ first. Russ, you're a season ticket holder for the Giants. You're as loyal as they come. Right now, four and seven, heading into week 13, it seems just the same stuff over and over again. So why don't I hand it off to you and tell us what your thoughts about the football giants right now. You know, optimism is, is, uh, I've learned to be optimistic until I'm no longer can be optimistic, right? Until they're eliminated mathematically. (laughs) So I know they're on the fringe of being in the hunt for a playoff spot at four and seven. But now that they lost Daniel, Danny Dimes or Daniel Jones, if you want to call him, uh, I think he had one huge game this year through for over 400 yards, but yep. up until, up until recently, he, he was having a decent year. The last couple games, he's, uh, he hasn't really played that well. Now firing Jason Garrett was definitely the right move, but they should have also fired David Gettleman along with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the Giants go, this week they weren't going to. They're they're going to need their defense right now to win some games for them. That's the Kenny kids playing great. Um, Miami is not really an explosive offensive team, so they kind of match up well with the Dolphins, I think. And it's a very winnable game. The Dolphins have won several games in a row. It's on the road. It'll be a tough game for the Giants. They're probably a small underdog and. Uh, you know, if they could get two games in a row, I don't think they've won two in a row all year. So this is a big game for them to get to five and seven. Then they play at L.A. Chargers, which, you know what, they play everybody close to Chargers. So that's hmm. either way. That'll be a toss up game. Yep. Maybe they get to six and seven and then they come home and they get those Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Dallas is about to start their normal swoon. So, um so I, I give the Giants a better, you know, they're fought four and seven. They got six games left. If you look at their schedule, you know, they got Washington at home. They got Philly on the road. Yep. They should have beat Washington the first time. They already beat Philadelphia. Okay. Um, and they play the Bears. You know, four out of six games, I mean, they, they could finish with eight wins. They could legitimately finish eight and nine this year. Will that be enough to get them in the playoffs? Will they beat Carolina? They beat mm-hmm. the Saints. They could sneak in as that seventh seed. I'm not saying they will. They're definitely not going to win the division. they got to catch Dallas. They're way behind them, so they won't catch them. But they could maybe sneak in for the uh, – for the seventh last seed at, at eight and nine. Um, but that's optimistic right there. And uh, I think, I think that um, I think the jury for giant fans, most giant fans at this point would like to see them go get Russell Wilson, go get a quarterback, a legitimate quarterback now and get rid mm-hmm. of Jones, draft a quarterback and develop a quarterback behind a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or someone, you know, a known commodity. I think that's where giant fans are with, with that quarterback position. The, 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 the position that the jury is still out on is the head coach, right? We know they're going to get a new general manager, the head coach. I think the jury is still out on him. I mean, you got to win a couple games in a row here. You got to prove yourself as a good coach. The defensive coordinator, after those two games against Dallas and the Rams earlier this year, they've kind of settled in here. The defensive coordinator has settled in. The offensive coordinator, I don't know what they were doing against Tampa Bay. I mean, they're down 17 10 in the third quarter, or they're down a touchdown in, in the third quarter with the ball in field goal range, and they don't put points on the board against that team. They, they, they decided to go for it, and the rest of the game they got shut out. you gotta, you got to think. And so Judge judge makes some awkward moves, um, awkward game moves I've seen, or timeouts and this and that. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot to learn, but 
he wins all the press conferences. He doesn't really say stupid things. And he's definitely a type A personality, so he's handled ownership well. And so the jury's out on it. I mean, I definitely think that the Giants, unless they finish four and fifth, four and uh, 13, unless they lose the rest of their games, barring them not losing the rest of their games or going five, maybe five or five wins, barring some, something like that and them not competing in some of these games, barring that, they will bring him back, playoffs or not, for another year, for a third right. season. He will be back. They're not going to change coaches again, right? for the fourth time in seven years. Like, they're not going to do that. They're just not. The franchise is too stable to do that. What they are probably going to do is promote the assistant GM who's been with the team for many years into the GM role, which won't make fans happy because it'll still be the same old Giants with Gettleman, with uh, with John Mara yep. calling the football shots to a, to a certain extent. So it's – it's you hope Judge can, can get this thing turned around and – you know, you hope the defense can win us some games here down the stretch, but they have offensive weapons, right? They got to They got to use those two draft picks this year, next year on linemen, both an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. That's what yep. they need to draft the best lineman they can, offensively and defensively with their first first round. They're going to get two top fifteen picks. Let's say they need to focus on the line, but from a giant standpoint, hey. It's December 1st, and we're not mathematically out of it. We're not an embarrassment. (laughs) We're not an embarrassment. We really aren't. I mean, they beat the Eagles. No one thought they were going to win that game. And I think they got another prize for the Eagles when they go to Philadelphia. Don't forget, the Eagles took their starting quarterback out of that game last year, the last game of the year. Ownership doesn't forget. That was a must win for for Coach Judge uh, last Sunday. A few days ago, that was a must win for him. He had – all Strahan people there. He had, you know, it was a big day for the giant organization. He had to win that game. He did. He had to beat Carolina to prove he's better than Matt Rule. He won that game. It seems like he's, it seems like he just has to get something pieced together here. Last year down the stretch, they won a lot of games to make it respectable. I see the same thing happening this year. Look at that. And, you know, great, great descriptions, Russ. And I guess my only other question is, and if, um, Regarding this, say they do end only one game under 500 and knowing the Mara is the way they're thinking right now. And obviously you said the bad PR hit they've taken, getting boot, almost booed off the stage for the stray hand ceremony, the Eli one. And, you know, you hear about John being so mad, he throwing trash kids, but things have been so stalemate. Now, if they go eight and nine, Danny Dimes are not, would you personally be okay with that, that they feel it's justified to keep him, or they go get a Russell Wilson, a um, Aaron Rodgers, if you want to think that um, far ahead? No, I think I think that's a great question. I, I think I, I would uh, – I, I think if they could – I don't know how good the quarterback class is this year coming in, so if they would have to – they would have to make a trade for a, a Wilson or a um, – or, or a Rodgers to make it worthwhile for me as a fan. I do think, though, that if they finish 8-9 and nine and Jones is able to get back on the field in a couple weeks and finish the year and do well, they're going after linemen. And I wouldn't recommend them taking a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they're past mm-hmm. their prime, okay? It's like the Knicks with Kemba, right? Kemba Walker's past his prime right now. And he's out of the It's rotation. like any other, you know, not to compare sports, Max, Max Scherzer. He's damaged goods. <laughs> The Mets paid a lot of money, but you you can't say you're giddy yet as a Mets fan, knowing that this guy could break his arm, he could hurt himself in the first week. Let's let's hold our optimism and our enthusiasm about that that stuff for now. But as far as the Giants go, if they finish eight and nine, Jones will be back. Now, will they extend him? You know, extend his contract? Give him? You know, I don't know. That's 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 a question for them. That's why they that's their that's their lane, right? As a Giants fan, though, if they finish eight and nine, that's going to mean Jones probably helped them win a few of these games down the stretch, yeah. and made them make the playoffs. And honestly, I would I would keep him. I would keep him. I mean, he's an athletic quarterback. Seems to be smart. Seems to be level headed. He doesn't see ghosts. You know, he, <laughs> he he he's he's better than some of these quarterbacks that people were touting ahead of him. So like Haskins. I mean, we could go back to the draft, but. 
you know, the jury's out on him and the, also the head coach, the last, uh, what, six games. Right. Win four of the six, and, and they're all well in giant land. You're going to make the playoffs at eight and nine, though. That I'm sure of. If you look at schedules and everything, eight and nine is going to be good enough for them if they because they have some tiebreakers. Well, interesting. And, hey, you know, we made a big push last year, even at six and ten. And as you mentioned, the Peterson game, taking him out and – I guess maybe that cost him his job. Cost him his job. He got fired over that. Yeah, I guess really it's. Did. I guess it's just maybe Joe Judge is a better second half um, quarter uh, coach. But as you said, the jury's still out. Okay, actually, one additional question regarding the Giants before we <laughs> switch it up with Saquon. Now I know he's been injured, but he's nowhere close to where he was in his rookie year. He's also up for an extension that some people think he doesn't deserve. What do you do? And this is the big fatal mistake that could be known as in Gettleman's career, picking a runner back at number two that underachieves. And so far, it seems that but two things, the same horrendous. people that wanted Barkley. Num- uh, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, got to draft Saquon. Look at how exciting he was. Everyone knew he was exciting coming in and his rookie year was phenomenal. So let's hold off the, the bashing of, of the of the Saquon pick. That wasn't a horrendous pick. He was a special player. What do you call it? A transformational player, even at running back. That being said, his career is his career. He's injury prone. He gets dinged up, nicked up. He, he he's, he's injury prone right now. So Booker seems like a valuable backup. I'm not sure they're going to give him a lot of money to keep him, Saquon. Would I keep him? Obviously. But I would maneuver the money around. I mean, there you got to deal with a salary cap and all that. Again, that's for the GM. But I would, if you're asking me, do I keep Saquon Barkley? Of course I do. Why wouldn't I? I mean, the guy, the guy that we need back on the field is Tony, the young joker. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's a playmaker at the wide receiver spot, and he's going to make everybody else around them better. And they haven't had a healthy team for the skill positions the whole year. Yeah, and it goes to show, but yet there have been some people who stepped up and played just as well. So, like you said, this is a crucial final six weeks for the Giants. And if they're as good as they were supposed to be, they will make up for the lost time. You have any thoughts, Alex, on these GMM before we move on? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just think Gentleman's got to go. I mean, I hear everything you guys are saying. Um, I thought that if you were going to make a real playoff push by being that second seed in the, in the NFC East this year, I think that the one thing you had to do was find out by Thanksgiving if Daniel Jones can play. And the issue is they even botched that. They can't seem to figure out if he can really play or not because they haven't been able to shore up the offensive line. So I just think that that has to be placed at Gettleman's feet. Um, you know, t- 10 touchdowns and seven picks, not going to get it done for the year. Um, and I understand that the, the O-line's been banged up, but that was kind of the one objective thing you had to find out by the end of the year if you're Giants fans. And now you go into the offseason, whether you're finish eight and nine or not, or you tank the rest of the year, you don't, you still don't really know what Daniel Jones is unless he has a miraculous turn of events through the end of the year. So that's got to be disconcerting because if you're Russell Wilson or you're Aaron Rodgers and you're still in win now mode, you're not going to go somewhere where you're going to be completely vulnerable to a poor line. So the, 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 the front office needs to figure out how they're going to resolve it. And I think firing, um, um, uh, Jason Garrett was just a li- too little too late. I just thought it was like a bit of a pity party. Um, you know, uh, if, if they're going to, if they're going to make a, if they're going to make a run down the stretch of the year, I think they have to really rely on that defense because they've been in 26 th- and scoring and rushing a game. Um, and they need to like really rely on the defense to carry them through the, through the end of the year. Right. Well, as we said, we will see if our predictions become true. And one team that has really been interesting over the past few weeks, the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick and Mac Jones are one of the top teams in the AFC East. Sorry, in the AFC, not only the AFC East, but in the AFC in general right now. How do we feel about it? Are the Patriots officially back? I'll open it to the floor. What do you guys think? Are the Patriots back? Should we be legitimately concerned about them, Um, you know, having their revenge tour really with the Alabama quarterback leading it. <laughs> oh, they're back, man. They're back. They got all the, the, they got the, the entire formula for a winning team. They got Mac Jones, a young, vulnerable quarterback playing game manager. They got a, a stout running game, a top five defense, top 10. If you really, if you really naysay them, um, 
the coach looks on point. The front office is good. Um, they're going to be they're going to be back for a while. I mean, seven of eight, the last eight games, fourteenth in passing, twelfth in rushing. Um, he just looks composed and calm in the pocket. Um, and like I said, they're playing really well balanced football at the right time of the year. So I think they're back, and I think they're going to be either a two or three seed going into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You feel the same way, Russ? I agree. Obviously, I mean, results are there. Five and zero on the road is most impressive. They haven't lost on the road this year, mm. uh, which which is opposite of what you think when you think of New England. They you always know they win at home with the footballs and the speakers and all the tr- tricks they have up their sleeves at home. That being said, Belichick has proven this year. I think why you know why he's one of the greatest of all time as a head coach. We know Brady's great. Look what he's doing in Tampa Bay. So we have to give Brady props too with that. But Belichick, listen, Mac Jones is is a strong, you know, he's a strong candidate for offensive rookie of the year, and he should be. And you keep got to give him their props. They do have two games though with this Bills Mafia team, and the Bills are going to be tough. And that division is going to come down to those two games with yep. the Bills. Okay, and. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Those two games are going to be very interesting. Exciting games for the NFL to watch those two games. Um, But, yeah, the Patriots are definitely back. And I think playoff football might be a little bit harder for them to get through, you know, with a rookie quarterback in the playoffs. might be a little bit different for that first-time experience for that. So I wouldn't necessarily – put them in the AFC championship game yet or in the Super Bowl. But I do think they're going to be, they're going to be reckoned with like, like uh, Alex said. And as far as the, the, the chiefs go, when you look at the AFC, that's a team that I'd watch out for because they're starting to get their act together too. So it'll be very interesting. The AFC. Look at don't that. that. Don't sleep uh, real quick. Don't sleep on that Colts game. Um, I think it's week 16. They got to go to Indianapolis. That might be a tough game. The Patriots go. Yeah, the Patriots, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. The Colts are – you're right. You're right. So the Patriots have some tough games left, but they got a great coach. Their, their offensive coordinator is a guy whose stock is probably rising every week as Mac Jones does well. And there's going to be a team that's going to want to pluck him away. He'll get another shot at being a head coach very soon. Josh McDaniels. He'll get a – you watch. He'll be the hottest offseason uh, commodity. Yeah, definitely. Look at that. And speaking of the other top AFC teams, the two dimension, you have the Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens, both at eight and four. The Titans are still winning, even with their game changing player and Derrick Henry out with his injury. Some people think he might be able to pull it off and play in the playoffs. Some think he's completely done. But since then, they have been able to stay afloat. Thanks to Ryan Tannehill and Matt Rabel leading that. Then you have the Ravens, the best team in terms of making comebacks. I think they already have, I think they have five fourth quarter comebacks with Lamar Jackson. Obviously Lamar has been criticized for not winning in the big game, but at least for now he's um, getting that momentum up. And well, when you have people like Hollywood Brown making noise and stuff and, you know, on their what? four string running back uh the ravens keep winning now out of those two teams do we think that they can still stay afloat and maybe have a better chance in that afc championship game well the hardball the hardball brothers are having a great year you know (laughs) oh yes finally beat ohio state right and uh you got to give him props too but the ravens i think have a better chance for whatever reason i think they have a little bit better overall team and without henry Tennessee's lost their last two games, Matt. So I think what happened was, you know, what's going to happen here is watch out for watch out for the Colts, actually. Like, I, I like what Alex said with the Colts, but I think that the Ravens have a better shot to make noise. But I think at the end of the day, if, if, if I had to predict an AFC winner right now, I'm going to go with experience. I'm going to take them in the Kansas City team to go to the Super Bowl, if you had to ask me my prediction today. Okay, okay. Wow. With those other two teams, Alex, do you also feel the same way Russ feels? Um, similar fashion. I think Tennessee might be on a slow, a slight downturn just with Henry's, you know, questions going into the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're the same team um, offensively. I think Tannehill, it's a little too much weight to bear for him. Um, 
no matter how many schematic things they, they dial up, especially with Vrabel in his mind. But no, I, I trust the infrastructure of Baltimore. I trust Lamar Jackson, despite, you know, his shortcomings in playoffs past. Um, yeah, it's just been, you know, it's been a season of adversity. A lot of guys are getting hurt uh, in opportune times. And the teams that have been able to recalibrate and get off the mat, so to speak, are um, the ones that are going to be, you know, at the cream of the crop at the end of the year. So with that said, I like Baltimore. I like the changes that they've made. Um, I, I think that the running game has really um, – it's carried them through the regular season, but you, you start to see Lamar Jackson starting to feel his oats a little more in the passing game, um, which has been nice to see because I never really bought into the fallacy that he doesn't show up in prime time. I just think that he's had trouble with Kansas City the past three years, which is kind of everybody's issue, you know? So mm. I think they'll be there at the end of the year. And um, Tennessee, we'll see. I mean, luckily they don't have to play the Colts <laughs> twice for the rest of the year, but um, – no, I mean they still got tough sledding, so we'll see. We'll see how the AFC South uh, winds up. I just looked at the schedule. Buffalo is is hosting New England next Monday night. That's going to be a huge, uh, huge game to watch for everybody. I wonder if the Peyton brothers, will, the Manny brothers, will be on that game on ESPN too. Do you guys watch the the ESPN cast or the Manny cast when it's on? I'm just curious. I watch the Manny cast, and it is harder to watch the game. But you just, hey, it's it's just fun. It's like hitting, hanging out with the buddies. And, you know, no complaints for me there. And uh, what about you, Alex? What do you do? I, I, I Actually, I'm a weirdo. I watch it silent because, objectively speaking, that's <laughs> how they say you should always watch really it. Really at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fair Take enough, man. Take all the emotion out of it. You'll definitely hear no bias with that. And, you know, focusing on the other AFC dominant teams like we were um talking about you have the chiefs Bengals, and bills all at seven and four and then the los angeles chargers are at six and five you know reiterating what you said russ you believe that the chiefs uh are going to be in that afc championship game at first it wasn't looking so good but they seem to be back to form especially after defeating dallas I think that was a major statement game for them. You do have the Bengals who people thought for a couple of weeks, including myself, that they might make a deep run with the combination of Burrow and Jamar Chase. And well, I would look like a fool for saying that, but I will own up to it. And then of course the bills being the bills, though people thought that they would be dominant. They're still definitely above average team. They are, um, you know, that, like you said, these two Monday night game are uh, tonight. Ah, next Monday night's game, and then the game after is when the decision, the visual will be decided, anyways. And uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Some days you think this is one of the coolest quarterbacks around, and then sometimes he is a complete flop, and that oh, not only hurts my fantasy team, but you know, <laughs> it makes you wonder is this charger team legit and they have solid weapons on the ground and their offensive weapons. But for I, I those think, remaining teams, I think, what do you think? Yeah. Matt, I think the Bengals have a better chance to make a move here than the, than the chargers do. So mm-hmm. you, if you were high on the Bengals earlier in another show that I missed, uh, I think that's right on. I think the Bengals are a good, good football team this year and uh, they've proven it. And they, you know, they beat Pittsburgh again. I mean, they're, Cincinnati's legitimate. They, yeah, they could surprise people. Them or or the Ravens. I I don't know, but the Cincinnati with Burrow, he's you know they, they've improved quite a bit. Oh, absolutely. It's just I thought going into those weeks, like they would be dominant. They would be those Patriots, what they were looking like. Yeah. And of course, they are winning these games and beating the teams they're supposed to. But I just want to see again them playing like a real. Test game, you know. Of course, well, a they touchdown had... win against the Chargers would do it for you this week. Oh, <laughs> absolutely! This literally will decide a what's it for all if um they're good and legit, and then if um the Chargers are what they are. So again, the, the jury's still out for sure, and let's just have some fun with it with those <laughs> remaining AFC teams. Absolutely. So switching to the NFC for a bit. Where do okay. I even can I, can start? I oh, yeah. real quick on the AFC? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I know right now it's like Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati are right, all around seven and four. I mean, I think looking at the schedules, I think Buffalo and Kansas City should be okay till the end of the season. I know they got to play New England twice, but um, Allen still looks great. Um, 
The only issue I would be concerned with is the Tredavis White injury. That's going to be huge. You're going to be a little more vulnerable. But luckily, Mac Jones isn't that kind of sharpshooter. I don't think he's going to be able to expose them the way people think that uh, that defense is going to get exposed. Um, Kansas City, you know, they're hitting stride. They should probably win out, looking all likelihood. I like Cincinnati. I just – it just feels like they're a year away. I still think mm-hmm. – um, Burrow's got another step to take, and I looked at their last six games. Kansas City, Chargers, San Fran, and Baltimore. Four of six is – that's brutal stretch. So I just I, – I see them right near till the end of the year, but I think they're going to be kind of like Miami last year where they're like 11-5 and five or 10-6 and six and just, just be on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, joining us, and this will be our last AFC team, let's say uh, hello <laughs> – to our friend Teddy Morant, who is joining the room right now. Dun dun dun! The anticipation is real as he's connecting his audio. He's in. We're waiting for that camera. There is no. the great Teddy Morant. Thanks for joining us, Teddy. Now we're recording right now. You're looking great, Teddy. Hey. How are you doing? You know, Alex. This is Russ Miller. Actually, Hi, Russ Teddy. is a Stanford guy, hey, Teddy. Uh, Teddy's from Stanford. Yes, I am. How's everyone doing? Good, man. Thanks for joining us. So much better now that you are here. So, Teddy, let's put you on the spot. You're you're a big New York Jets fan. Boy, what a roller coaster of a season, even with only three wins. Now, I'll just throw the floor to you. Obviously, you've gone through a lot. Zach Wilson underachieving. Mike White, for a second, thinking he might be the Messiah and Tom Brady. And then only a couple weeks later, you're back with Zach Wilson. He had another bad game this past week. And now um, I think your team is, you know, figuring themselves out still. You still don't know where they are. So that's what I'm getting. You, you follow them the best. So why don't you give us your thoughts if you want to rant, if you want to let those emotions out. Talk to us, Teddy. How are you feeling about your Jets right now? Not too emotional. Uh, you know, I've been through it enough to this, to this point where it's not like it's not. You know, I don't, I'm not as emotional about this about this season so far. Mm-hmm. I kind of expected worse from from Zach Wilson than we're getting. At the same time, I expected better, but I don't. You know, now I'm kind of just lost. Um, I guess the only bright side of this season that I've seen is is. Uh, that the offensive, that the system works. The system can work with a good, with a quarterback who can run it. Uh, you brought up Mike White, who kind of showed what someone can do in that, you know, when thrust into that situation, who knows the system. Uh, Flacco and Josh Johnson looked all right in that same system. So I have hope for the future because of that system and because the, you know, the offensive coaching staff looks all right. This, you know, the jury's still up in there on uh, Sala, but. We'll see. Um, I'm hopeful, and I'm and I'm glad that uh, Joe Douglas traded that traded uh, Jamal Adams for that first round pick because Seattle's terrible. Yes, and that's going to be the next team we'll hit on after. But Alex, you're about to say something. I want to ask a question for Teddy. You guys projected as it stands, you're going to have two top top five picks. Do you guys trade back and fill out that roster, or do you go forward with the two top picks? Uh, the, well, st- depends where they end up, you know, right now it's, I think five and six and I, I might be wrong four and five, something like that. Yes. Um, I, it depends where you end up, but if you could stay in that, you know, if you're, if you keep two picks in the top 10, uh, I'm going to, I'd have to probably keep them and, and potentially get two, uh, dangerous, you know, big pieces, uh, who can, you know, go along. That goes a long way too. If you can get, if you can hit on both those picks and their top 10, worthy players, then that goes a lot, just as long away as if you get, you know, one in the top five and maybe one or one in the top 10 and maybe another one or two in the next 30 picks. Um, they already have two second rounders too. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not as worried about trading back last year in hindsight might not have been such a bad idea, <laughs> but this year I'm going to want to keep those picks. Okay. Just to confirm, you have the fourth and fifth pick as of today. And the Giants, actually, the Giants are six and seven. So wouldn't that be fun? But, hey, New Year football for you, right? And (laughs) for the top ten picks, they might as well do the draft at MetLife Stadium. (laughs) (laughs) They had a Radio City Hall like they used to. 
Yeah. Okay. So Teddy, <laughs> Teddy, you feeling okay, man. And um, yeah, you pretty much uh, laid it all out there. Is there any more words regarding your jets before we move on? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, this is, believe it or not, this season has given me more hope than most of the previous ones. At least we have right. like an Elijah Moore, a Michael Carter, a couple of young offensive guys who, who look good. Um, yeah. And, you know, so le- previous seasons, we don't even have that. So we take the little wins. And so far you will, I mean, I really would like to think they want to fire coach after one year, um, even though it didn't look good for a bit, but Hey, you know, still holding it down and you're still on team Sala. You don't want him to go anywhere or Joe Douglas. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, Got to give them both. I'm going to give them both another year. Um, Sala's given me a little bit less Douglas. You, you can go either way on because while he does little things like, I mean, big things like getting that first round pick for Jamal Adams uh, he, and he does leave even little things like uh, trading away fourth string tight ends uh, for all <laughs> linemen who are now starting for them and then re-signing that tight end a, a month later. So, I mean, that's, so he got an offensive lineman for free. He does little things uh, that give me hope for him and he's hit on more draft picks than the Jets normally hit on. So, yeah. or at least it looks like, so I would give him, um, I, I would give him more time, especially since he has all these picks he compiled. I want to see him use them. Uh, and yeah, Sala, one year, I definitely give him more time. Great stuff. Now let's continue with more bad teams. The Seahawks, three and six. Are we seeing the end of the Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll era? Is Russell Wilson definitely not going to be on the team next year, despite rumors of him wanting out and such? What's happening with the Seahawks? Is this a team that started out last decade historic? Legion of Boom, all that fun stuff, making two Super Bowls last decade. And now, you know, times are changing. And, you know, it happens to every single franchise except certain ones. But uh, the Seahawks seem to be at the end of their glory days. Do we agree or disagree? Wants it. <laughs> Go for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Russell aired his frustrations last offseason. And I think that. Um, you know, it's just been kind of a downward escalation since then. I mean, they did all the right things and said all the right things in the offseason, but they never quite corrected the O-line. Um, the running game's been subpar, it's just been in and out. And um, I just think looking at his body language on the on, on the field, especially Monday night against Washington, mm-hmm. it just seems like he's a little hesitant. It seems like he's a little reserved, like he's packing it in. And I hate saying that because I know he's a competitor, but I think he's looking at the reality of the situation that this is not the same team that he was drafted by. You know, Pete Carroll's not the same coach. I think that he's got a little too much um, authoritarianism going on with that organization. And, um, I mean, if you look at all their like all the major statistics, all the the measurable categories, they're bottom ten in passing yards, rushing yards, points per game, points allowed. It it's just a recipe for disaster. And I understand a lot of that has to do with you know Geno Smith taking over, um, but a lot of but a lot of it is the defense, and a lot of it is just shaky O line play and um, poor situational football. So in addition to Russell probably being out in the off season, I think Pete Carroll's got maybe another year till. <laughs> Right. Good stuff. Anyone else have any thoughts with Seattle or where do they think they you'll see Russell Wilson go, you know, with the teams that may need a quarterback next year, you have the saints, you have, well, the giants, you have um, maybe the Packers. If Rogers is leaving, you have Denver Steelers. I the think Steelers. the most likely, I think the most likely spot if he does go anywhere is probably New Orleans. That hmm. that system fits him with the running quarterback and the Sean Payton, and you know that that might revitalize them a little bit. But you know, I don't want him on the Giants to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I think his best days are behind him personally. Okay, so. you that Aaron Rodgers. I'll take Aaron Rodgers for two years though. Because I think he fits more of a New York style quarterback than than uh, than Russell Wilson. You have no complaints for me there. And speaking of the other awful teams, the most awful of them all to mention, the Lions. Yes, zero ten and one. 
Are they going to win a game? I'll just simply say that. Are they going to win a game? With Can we Jared review Goff? their schedule? I'm looking at their schedule this week. They play the Vikings. And, uh, waxed. you know, that, that might be a close game. That that could be a game they take at home. I mean, mm-hmm. Detroit could beat them. I thought they were going to win on Thanksgiving. I really um, did. wanted to sell back. They didn't. Has Dan Campbell cried in the locker room at all lately or what? <laughs> Not any other, um, not any, uh, not that I heard of, not since the other stuff, but probably. <laughs> what do they have left, Alex? You got the schedule for the Lions there? Oh, God, is it even worth mentioning? Well, we're going to see where we, where we could find a W for them. Well, they I play the Jets or the Giants? Week, well, I had them week 18 winning at home because I think the Packers are going to pack it in. So, but other than that, I mean, they're playing the Cardinals and the Broncos, and then they got the Falcons on on the road and on the road at in uh, Seattle. So the only game well, I they see might beat Seattle. They, so they have a chance this week against the Vikings at home, and they have a chance and they have a chance at Seattle. But and the Packers at home the last game if they're resting everybody. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's I think, yeah, I think it's going to be the last game of the year when the Packers are just resting everybody, unfortunately. But are the Packers going to have that one seed or two seed? That's I think just point. the one seed gets a bye right now. With the yeah, it's the one seed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, so if they Arizona, probably won't be. Are they going to be the one seed? If Arizona wins out, I think they're just going to concede. All right. All right. Yeah, I, I think Alex is right. The most likely um, – the most – they're most likely going to beat the Seahawks out of that bunch if they totally didn't cave in yet, or they don't. And Dan Campbell will actually be, be a part of two winless NFL teams. He was a player on the 08 team. And, uh, well, <laughs> what can you do? Which, which year? In 08, when they went 0 17, he was on that team. The Lions. Yeah, the Lions. Oh, oh, he that was, was on seventeen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't on the uh, that Bucks team that started their. Uh, I love utility. That is. Gee. I must <laughs> say, every week, every single week, I tell myself that the Browns this is the week, and but now yes, I'm Brown too. And I do. I will. You know, going up, I, I do think Seattle could be the one where that's just like the end for Seattle. Like that's the game where everyone's like, okay, not not for the season. I mean, for like. You know, for the time all being, left. okay, that's the game where they lose, and we all come to the agreement that Russ is gone, Pete Carroll might be done, every you know, blow the whole team up. But <laughs> I, 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 that I really wouldn't be the case. I, I think they're gonna win every week. I, I try to convince myself that. <laughs> um, I'm a DeAndre Swift fantasy owner and and big fan of his. So every week I tell myself he's gonna run all over someone and they're gonna they're gonna pull out a close one because of him. But uh, in re- in reality, I I mean, it's hard to go winless. But they did get that tie. So now I'm thinking maybe they do go winless because that tie was their one opportunity. <laughs> so Colts go winless too. Did that. I think after Payton left, right? Winless? Um, I don't think so. As I look up winless NFL for teams, does if you're uh, Jared Goff, are you pretty much never going to be playing again as a starting quarterback? Is this yeah, it? You're going to be backup. Like I wouldn't mind him as a backup. I wouldn't mind him as a backup on my team. I still think he's better than you know a lot of other backups, but you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a starter. And just to confirm, the winless teams has happened five times in the NFL. The 60 Cowboys at 011 and 1, 76 Bucks at 0 and 14, the 82 Baltimore Colts, Alex, at 08 and 1. And um, you have the Lions 0 and 16 and 08 and obviously 17 um, Cleveland Browns. So do you well, not want to be part of that list? Well, I was talking about the 2011. I think there were 1 and 15. Almost, but almost you know. no cigar. <laughs> you know, another be pretty bad to do that, you know, yeah. to not win a game all year. That's... <laughs> Eating kneecaps for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I mean you go winless. You have to completely restart, don't you think? Again. Like how to ha- how do you how do you do, do, and Dan Campbell's a brand new coach. He hasn't won a game yet. Like it looks might not be at it might not be uh you know, his cup of tea, but that's how I knew. That's how I knew that they're not going to win the Vikings game this weekend. Cause the Vikings actually still have something to play for. Right. Right. <laughs> so, 
So another team that's been really interesting is the LA Rams making huge in-season acquisitions. Von Miller joins the team, Odell Beckham, yet they haven't won since uh, these acquisitions have come on the team. At the beginning of the year, people said this team is going to the NFC Championship, and now they're up in the air. How are we feeling about Los Angeles Rams, the Los Angeles Rams? Well, I'll start. I mean, you know, Beckham was with the Giants. How many playoffs games did the Giants win? Zero. Beckham went to the Browns. How many playoff games did they play in? Zero. It's not a good trend. Now they haven't <laughs> won a game with Beckham. Now I'm not blaming Odell, obviously, but, <laughs> but <laughs> until you do it, you haven't done it. So, yeah, and the terrible loss of Robert Woods is killing them. And Matt Stafford with his wife being a bad luck charm, though she says she will stop coming to his away games. But I don't know. It was Sean McVay, you know. This dude had it all and he seemed to have it back again. And now, you know, that's what's great. That's what makes the NFL great is these type of stories of overcoming challenges and making things close. But when um, can someone tell me the rest of their schedule as well, if they don't mind? They got they got a bye coming up this week. They play the Jaguars. So, you know, I wonder if Urban Meyer will stay in L.A. again or do something else and not take the plane back with the team again. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, the Rams will get healthy and they'll get well, and Odell will score at least two touchdowns this week against the Jaguars. Better hope. Two buys. You know, the Rams, I feel like every year under Sean McVay, are really good, and then they go through a patch. I feel like it's always this time of the year, maybe a little mm-hmm. later. So they're to the Cowboys. They're, they're the opposite. They're very – well, they're bad. And I think they have the talent – uh, if you ask me now, I would still say my favorite is the Bucks. I just feel like a Tom Brady-led team, um, as much as I can't stand them, uh, is the team to beat. But I feel like this is just, you know, par for the course with, with a McVay team. Is is great first half of the season. We talk about, is he the best, one of the best, you know, where does he rank in the NFL, among NFL coaches? Uh, can this team do it all? Three quarters of the way through, we're, you know, we're talking about, are they real? Are they fake? What's the deal is Stafford, you know, we're talking about all this. Um, We'll see how they finish, but I do feel like this has been a trend with the Sean McVay led teams. And I'm, you know, I question if he's, uh, he's, he's a very good head coach, but I question if, if I wouldn't put him among the head coaching elite yet. Yeah. And, and especially with this team on both sides of the ball, you have everything a coach wants in their team, powerful pass rushers, incredible defensive backs. The weapons, even without Robert Woods are stellar and you have a wide receiver who could be the offensive player of the year in Cooper cup, but yet they're not in that category of dominant NFC teams like the Packers, the Cardinals and the bucks. And, you know, like I say, with, Anything in sports, if you're as dominant as you're supposed to be, you'll somehow win. That's how the best winners always win, no matter in sports, life, and all that mumbo-jumbo. And focusing on the three teams I just mentioned with the Packers, Bucks, and Cardinals, are we going to see an NFC Championship with one of these three teams or both of them? What do yeah, you think? I think, think? so. I think so. Um, the Bucks, like I kind of just said, I think are the team to beat. So I, I very much see them going there. Um, you know, it feels easy to say the Packers will be the other team. Uh, I could see someone beating them. I just, I don't know why, but my gut kind of just tells me they're not. I, I see the Bucks going there. Um, or they could beat themselves. Think, the right. Packers. That's that, another kind of like last year, but yeah, and that changed. Um, I'm I'm going uh, Bucks. I'm going to go with the Rams. I think that they pull together. I think the Bucks will beat them, but I, I could see Bucks Rams, uh, which would be a, a very fun, um, you know, that'd be a very fun playoff matchup. I think the first I'll round. Play, I'll today, play the op. Oh, go ahead, Downs. Oh, I was just going to say. I think if, as of today, it would be Green Bay and the Rams in the first round. Oh, really? In the think, in that wild card matchup? Yeah. Yep. Russ, you have the opposite view. We'd love that's, to hear that's it. That's a great game, by the way. Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's an exciting one there. And it would be in Green Bay because they'd be the division winner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Lambeau Field. Now, how has Matt Stafford done against Green Bay over his career? Speaking of Matt Stafford. 
you see, a lot of these teams think if we get this guy off free agent and that guy, we're we're now, you know, it's the Buccaneers picking up Brady was a great, great acquisition. It really was for the Buccaneers, right? We agree. Um, oh yeah, of course. Now I look at I look at the NFC and I'm thinking to myself, the Murray kid, Kyler Murray, if he's healthy, Arizona's healthy. They've they've got the defense. They seem to be they seem to be the team to beat. And the team I'd watch out for, obviously, is the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. I still think that the Packers in Lambeau are tough, tough out in the playoffs. I mean, when the Giants beat them there with Coughlin when his face turned like you know, red as can be. Mm-hmm. And that was some win. That was a huge win. Um, but this year, I don't know. It's it's wide open. Any of those four teams, and then, you know, I definitely know this. No one, no one from the NFC East is going to anywhere near the end of this. You know, the Super Bowl or and that championship game. Nobody is. So yeah. if you like Dallas, get off that bandwagon because it's over. <laughs> They're going to lose this week, by the way. They're going to lose tomorrow night to the Saints. I Kamara's back. Kamara's back. Okay. Peyton wants hates Dallas. Trust me, they're gonna they're gonna beat Dallas. The Saints are gonna beat Dallas. You heard it here first. I think they're yeah, I think I, I'd have to put my faith in Green Bay and Tampa if the playoffs started tomorrow. I I love Arizona. I liked them at the beginning of the year and me and Kevin talked about it. I had them winning 13 games and I stand by it, but I there's just something I, I don't know what I'm getting. Um, in the play call from Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know if I can trust him in the playoffs. Um, Kyler, is he going to finish the year? Is he going to stay healthy? I really like how they play football. They play great complimentary football. The, the, the offseason acquisitions showed they were all in, kind of like Tampa, the way they offered to Brady when he got there uh, last year. So I like the approach they're taking going all in. But, um, yeah, I mean – Green Bay's just getting healthy. You know, they're they're getting um they're getting Jair Alexander back and I think they're getting one of the guys in the front on their front four as well back. And um Tampa, the only question with them is getting Devin White um in time um and Vita Vea because Antonio Brown is a luxury. He's not really the commodity they need. Um he's not the meat and potatoes kind of receiver that they want to go to. Um uh, Brady's got a lot of options. So as long as they can get Vita Vea. Uh, back on their on their offensive line, healthy and Devin White in the middle of the field. Um, they should be back in the um, NFC Championship. Hear that? Great thoughts on the NFC. Now, our last thing we'll talk about is the AFC for what is mentioned and what's left, and the teams that do remain in the hunt includes uh, Renelio's Rams, uh, Rams, Renelio's Raiders. You have the okay. Let me just pull up my notes that just. Thank you to an old Mac that just completely shut it off, but I got it right here. So, which includes in the AFC, you had the Vegas Raiders, Denver six and five, the Colts six and six, the Steelers five, five and one, the Browns six and six. On top of two stellar teams in the AFC East with the Bills and the Packers. So, why? Sorry, Bill, it's been a long day with the Bills and the Patriots and. I mean, AFC is pretty wide open and it's fun. The Ravens are good. What do we think? Um, who do you think? Who do we see making a run in the AFC like that Bucks and Packers and Cardinals we were talking about? Alex, who has the easiest schedule? How, who do the Raiders have left? Um, let me check. I'm not sure. But someone take the floor. I got the. Um, the AFC, the AFC, the AFC, uh, one team I could tell you, I'm not going to pick to go to the AFC championship mm-hmm. is the New England Patriots. And I'm sure that Alex Ooh. already knew where I was going with that. Whoa. Um, it's not a Jets Patriots hate. It's a little bit of a Jets Patriots hate thing. A little bit. Um, but Belichick and Belichick's the best coach of all time. I do not – I'm not impressed with them. Um, a little impressed with them, but I'm not super impressed with them. I don't think that they beat, had any, like, super convincing wins. Well, this week will be a big one for me. If they beat the Bills, especially if they beat them convincingly, um, then I'll reevaluate my opinion. I don't think the Bills are, are going to the AFC Championship either. Um, I like yeah, – you know, I wonder how you guys are going to feel about this one, but a sneaky team for me in the AFC – is the Colts. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that ground and pound, like offense. Uh, Jonathan given- Taylor with a breakout year. Yeah. Dude, not only a breakout year, real quick, 1,200 yards and 14 touchdowns. Insane. 
and there's still a quarter of the season to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love I love the ground and pound, the tough defense. On any given day, that defense can shut out any t- – not shut out, but can, you know, beat down any team in the league. Um, they would be my sneaky pick. Um, but if I'm playing it safe, I'm going Chiefs. I still think they're – you know, I think they're fine. They've clearly made their – their comeback. Um, Return to grace. Chiefs would be one, exactly. Chiefs would be one, and another one I'm sneakily in on is uh, there's two. Uh, there's a few sneaky ones in the AFC because I feel like there's not a ton of um, like the NFC is really top heavy with like that top four group seems to be like the best. Um, the AFC you've got a lot of these in the hunt teams. Um, I think the Chargers. Uh, maybe a year too early because of the new coaching staff. Um, I think next year they're going to be really, but I think the Bengals, I think the Bengals um, we've seen when they get hot early, like earlier in the season that they can pretty much beat anyone, but we've seen at their worst, they can get beat by my New York jets. So (laughs) it's a big, we'll see. I think Tennessee's in trouble. I don't think they have a, um, they don't, I don't think that they're, you know, they don't, I don't think they're healthy enough. And I don't think that they're going to, they're sustainable. Um, guys like Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, who's always been hurt. Julio Jones has always been hurt. It's been years of this. Um, I don't think they'll be healthy enough in time. So Colts, a sneaky one and, and chiefs, which could be fun. Look at that real quick, just to follow up on the the last six games for uh, Vegas, we got Washington at home. We're going on the road to the chiefs going on the road to Cleveland. Then we're home for the Broncos on the road to Indianapolis and then at home for the chargers to end the year. So it's going to be tough. That is a tough schedule. Yeah. That's why this week against the football teams, a must win, but I'll tell you, have to beat them. I'll tell you one stat that makes me feel happy despite all the injuries when Carver throws for over 300 yards or six and out undefeated. Right. I saw that stat and Carl will probably throw for that against the football team. So the yeah. Raiders oh, yeah. are a good, good pick for you this week. Although the football team is sneaky. The football team is sneaky. You know, they're hot right now. They're yeah. hot. They yeah. are for a couple of weeks. The giants, you know, week two should have beat them and they should have beat the Falcon. I mean, the giants are should have, should have, should have, but then early in the year, Going 0-3 didn't help them, you know. But, uh, you know, this is a big game Sunday for them to get back in the hunt. Definitely. Yeah. Lots I'm, of I'm cool counting, games. I'm, I'm counting on Cincinnati to fall through the cracks based on their schedule. Because, Teddy, before you got on the phone, we um, we were looking at their schedule. Their last – four of their last six are, like, all uh, plus 500 teams. Right. And – I think that Buffalo's gonna. I think Buffalo's gonna stay in, and I think that the Colts are gonna get in. Like you said, I think they're very sneaky. They're built the right way, and Frank Reich's got them in the right direction. But I think, and I'm just picking with my heart, but I got the Raiders at the seventh seed, so I'm gonna go down with the ship. Listen, yeah, what do you got? I'll give you something. I'll give you this next. <laughs> this next, you know, this big stretch for the Raiders uh, will be what I think tells us. Even if they make it, we'll know after the stretch if they're good enough to, you know, really go past, you know, to win in a, to win an actual game in the playoffs. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> hey, it's a whole new generation for them to break that streak. And if anyone could do it, I would think Joe Burrow can, but this is it guys. We have a lot of cool games coming up in the final quarter of the season. Again, I'll throw it to the floor one more time. Who has some ambitious thoughts or any final thoughts before we sign off? I do. <laughs> I don't know if this was talked about at all before I got on the call, but um, I'm going to take this time at the end here to shine a light on just how good Justin Herbert is. Um, and I don't know if, ever, if anyone else feels the same, but I watch him. Um, even the bad games, but the good, the good games especially, I watch these good games, and I think about the fact he's playing as a second-year quarterback with a whole new second year, second coaching staff, second playbook, everything, all the circumstances, he is destined for greatness. I'm shining my light today on Justin Herbert. Um, Yeah, that's me. Hey, we got it on video and audio for that. (laughs) Russ or Alex, do you have anything controversial to say as well? I'm just kidding. Or anything big? (laughs) Um, I mean, I, I know we said at the beginning of the year, if my memory serves me right, uh, Matt, you, you 
threw out there, um, comeback player of the year, and I said Burrow, and I'm sticking by that. I think it looks really good every week. And if I actually had to pick an MVP for this year, this is a long shot, but if they win and they continue to keep winning and they take the AFC South, I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. Sneaky MVP. Because think about it, six more weeks, he's going to be coming up on 2,000 yards. Who knows, 18, 19 touchdowns? I mean, that's a, that's a convincing case. Yeah, especially after their very bad start at the beginning of the year. And also just yeah. makes hard knocks in season, which I'm surprised not a lot of people realize is out there on HBO Max right now, must-see TV. <laughs> and when, we first, when they first announced that the Colts were picked, they thought, wow, we're going to see how a team deteriorates. And now they may make one of the most miraculous in-season comebacks ever. You know, I just want to say, you know, I want to address what you just said. Mm -hmm. I don't think – I don't really care about in-season hard knocks. And the reason being is that I have football during the season. Mm Preseason, leading up to the season, I don't have my – you know, that's my fill of football. I don't care – uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm crazy, but when I'm in season, I'm just watching football. That's my fill of football. I don't need to watch a hard, you know, in season hard knocks. Maybe after the season when I'm missing football, I'll go see how the Colts, you know, what went into the Colts miraculous run to the AFC championship. So, but for now, it's just not something I, I get my fill of football every week. I think go. that's a fair evaluation of that. You know, I've seen it. I think it is good. I do think the preseason, I've seen the first two episodes. The preseason version is definitely better when you can create more characters like that um, to focus on. But, you know, we love football because it's unpredictable. I don't consider it football, though. I I see it more as like an entertainment ploy exclusively. I think they kind of exploit the players and they kind of push the envelope in terms of what they can get out of them um, for entertainment purposes, kind of the way they do with the media sessions before and after games. So I don't really like it on that level, but um, Mm -hmm. no, I mean, like Teddy's point, I never really considered it football. I just think it's kind of an entertainment product. There you go. You could show hard knocks to somebody who hates football and they can be interested for that very reason. I hear you guys. Oh man. Russ, you got anything else to say with your wisdom? (laughs) Thanks, man. My (laughs) wisdom is this expect the unexpected in the NFL in the national football league. Expect the unexpected. Yeah, baby. How can we, that's uh, all you can say guys. It's unpredictable. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. My son told me a, a very interesting statistic. The week before, when one team loses the week before and the other team wins the next week. So if you're playing team A just won, team B just lost. They play each other the next week. Team B wins 67%. Like, like the streaks stop at one. They don't even go past one with winning and losing. So <laughs> this is funny it's how that just works. something to keep in mind. Turn the tides. It's something to keep in mind. Epic as always, gentlemen. We have a great final month of the regular season to to go on. We will check back in at the end of the month to see where things lie. And then we got playoffs, baby, even if it is a week later than usual. Let's make the most of this winter right now. Have a happy holiday season. Happy Hanukkah to all who celebrate. And yeah. Alex Ronelio, Ramblin' Russ Miller, Teddy Morans. Thank you, gentlemen, as always. And I'll see you really, really soon. Nice to meet you, man. Take care, buddy. Peace out. See you, boys. As per usual, great NFL banter, great NFL discussions, and always a pleasure to talk football with my friends Alex, Teddy, and Ramblin' Russ. Great job, gentlemen. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at Proud Convo Pod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We're back this Monday with my great pal Alex Young to talk all things sports once again with him. And we have more special guests coming off throughout the month as we start booking, as we start making big moves in life. And like I said, we're going to end 2021 on a high note. I guarantee it. I promise it. And let's enjoy it. That's all I ask. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this hell of a year it's been. And I promise you, I guarantee you, you will not regret it. There is definitely... 
a silver lining somewhere in this year so let's find it all right guys my name is matt brown i am the host of the productive conversations podcast and i'll see you on monday with alex young and don't forget to check in on your friends and family everybody peace